and we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Survivor Season 42 Episode 1 Recap. We had a phenomenal premiere tonight. I'm your host, Dylan Bird, alongside my co-host, Ryan Winthrop, and I am so happy to be back. It feels like we had such a long offseason because, honestly, we did have a little bit of extended offseason. And let me just say that this Season 42 premiere exceeded my expectations i was so so, i'm so so happy with the results of tonight's uh episode and i'm so excited to see how the season continues how are you doing ryan and what did you think sorry i'm I'm miscounting triangles i'm I'm at 51 (laughs) now 52 i'm gonna pick 51 um no it was good I, i i really enjoyed the premiere dylan i would say for me it was like uh an almost perfect premiere like a nine out of ten my only one issue that we'll get to later in the podcast is I again, like last season, we dive a little bit in too deep with the advantages. There's a lot to keep track of. And again, I, I see on Twitter people are like, oh, you know, I watched last season for the first time. I'll try it again. Or I just got my friend into Survivor and I just worry for new fans. Like it's a lot of advantages to keep track of. So it might seem kind of weird and complex at first. But no, you're right. Overall, I thought it was a great premiere. I love this cast. They're really likable, really fun to uh, watch. I hope to see them make big moves and play the game. So I'm really excited to dive into this premiere with you. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, you, you actually mentioned that you know it was a lot of advantages, which was your only critique. I do agree with that. At the same time, I think they did a good job of shortening the time um, to to like dwell on certain advantages like for example we'd already seen the prisoner's dilemma last season we don't need to have a whole jump into who's going to do what for 20 minutes you know like that i think we got a lot more like personal time and it could be it could be a reason why that i feel so strongly about this cast and this season going forward yeah i mean and that was the biggest thing that you and i were texting about in the uh, premiere was that you know we season 41 we've already seen all the most of most of these twists but the players haven't so we get to kind of see how they handle the same twists, whether they are exactly the same or whether they're slightly different. So I'm just uh, curious to see how they bring back other twists or how they modify them. We'll go into more of them uh, throughout the show. But yeah, no, I mean, it's just really cool to kind of see it from that new perspective behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was truly a great episode. We have so much so much to unpack. And again, I'm not, I'm not just saying it's a great episode because I'm excited to be back. Like I legitimately think, you know, they hit a home run this episode, Survivor. Um, so, you know, excited to talk about it. Now, before we get into it chronologically, like we normally do, um, be sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Really helps us out. Also, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Twitter at SoulSurvivorPod, Instagram at SoulSurvivorPod. It is scrolling on the bottom below. You can DM us at any time, anything you want. Um, also, be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and any other platform we're on that you, you, know, that you listen to. Links are in the description below. Um, leave us five-star rating, five-star review. Um, that really, really helped us out. Anyway, let's get right to it. Excited to, you know, start from the very beginning, you know, with these two hour episodes, it's almost like, okay, like we saw so much and I got to go all the way back to explain, you know, the beginning, but I think a big, um, you know, for those of you who maybe just first, you know, finding out about us, uh, this season and haven't watched us in the past, we usually do a chronological breakdown of this, uh, of the episodes, just because I, I, you know, we could start with the vote, but at the same time. You know, we do do that sometimes when it, you know, gets later in the season. But right now I feel like, 
you know, there's, you know, a lot, a lot that went into it. So I want to make sure we do cover every single little thing um, and not to start out with the vote and forget some of the things that happened earlier. So I want to start off right away. Um, so we kind of get a similar opening to last season where, you know, Jeff is talking to us, uh, you know, how dangerous it's going to be, how, you know, a lot of the tri- twists are going to be the same, but there's going to be, you know, some tweaks to it. And we saw, you know, I, we already saw, in my opinion, a few different things, you know, a few, not only a few new things that were implemented, but a few like different tweaks, um, that, you know, seem to definitely work out well. Um, now I want to go right to the opening challenge. Um, you know, we don't need to, you know, really talk about that, you know, beginning first four minutes when they're pulling up, but that opening challenge was one of the most fun opening challenges that I can remember in a while, obviously for winners at war, we had like an epic first challenge, but like, other than that, in like, in terms of like a newbie season, this is really up there for me for, you know, most exciting opening challenge I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, I think that they, they pulled you right in. I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, you had that four-minute introduction where Jeff explains how some things will stay the same, some things will dip, be different. But I think, Dylan, the minute we hit the beach, like, it was just fun to see these people, like, have fun banter with Jeff. I mean, you have Marianne, you have Mike, Zach. They're all so hyped up. I mean, again, Jeff says they had to go through two weeks of quarantine to come out here, and they were all, like, shot out of a cannon. They really just wanted to come out here and play. I, I couldn't stop smiling. And like you said, Survivor's back, so we're going to be happy no matter what. But I really just enjoyed seeing them get to have that relationship with Jeff. But you're right, then. Let me get into the challenge. And, yeah, it was huge in terms of not only the physical elements of it, but also the gameplay element that we're going to get into that adds a big wrinkle to the game right off the bat. So it was really interesting to see. And then even some um, injury stuff too. So this, this challenge had it all, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you use the perfect phrase, like shot out of a cannon. Like that's literally how it was. And like you said, I couldn't get the smile off my face. Everybody was so ready to go. It was like, even those opening like uh, questions that they took from Jeff at the mats to start, you know, before the challenge even started, they were all, you know, filled with energy. And then the challenge was basically just, you know, run and run and get the paddles. And then all of a sudden we have our first twist of the season where um, high, uh, Drea and I believe it was Lin- uh, Lindsay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Lindsay. So th- those were the three that end up with this twist. Um, and basically all they had to do was untie extra knots, which would take a long time, which would take a longer time. So it would maybe seem a little bit more sketchy. And as long as they all could agree to it, then they all could get uh, an advantage, which again, we will go through what that advantage was later. Um, they decide to do it. To me, this was a no-brainer to take the advantage. I mean, they, they, it's not like they were able to see what was going on, them talking. Like, they, for all they know, they could have had to run around in circles 10 times, and that's why it took so long. So I think that Survivor, you know, not only, you know, made it so that it made, you know, not only made it so that they had to have a decision to make, they made it fun. Like, them all, like, immediately bonding over it and, like, pouring mud all over each other and blood. And, you know, that That's that cool. was amazing and just I just completely not believable at all. But also, like, if you're not seeing it, you would have no idea what happened. So, I mean, that was absolutely hilarious. You know, my mom was watching upstairs and I was able to hear her laughing the entire time, basically, that was happening. So, I mean, just to, you know, just to see that, you know, um, the fact that like someone like my mom was laughing for so long at it. And like, I honestly couldn't get a smile off my face. Like it was, it really did draw me in and I, it was a great way to start the season. Well, that, that's the key word that you bring up there, which is fun. And, and Jeff has said that for 41 and 42, that they want to lean more into the fun of survivor, which is why we have these secret phrases. We have some of these goofy twists where for super fans like you and I, and the people that are here in our wrong way, people here in our chat, um, you know, we, we may like 
classic Survivor, Survivor that's more, you know, by the books. But, even, it, I mean, it's not going to be perfect like, you know, some of the past seasons. But, you know, as long as we lean into the fun, that's what matters. I could not believe, Dylan, I, can you believe that they gave them fake blood? Like, I would have thought the mud would have been enough. Maybe, like, roll in the sand, get some sand and mud and dirt on you, though. It, it, maybe it's just my opinion, but if I if if I'm high and I'm running back, you know, with my shirt open back to the tribes and my front is covered in mud, but also like blood, I feel like Jeff would have been, like stopped the challenge and said like medical, come on in. Like it's one thing if we've seen before where people like cut a finger, they they, they, they cut their their toe and there's a little bit of blood and Jeff's like, okay, we'll check you out after the challenge. But like if you're running back and you're covered in like mud and blood and like blood, I would have just said to the other two like let's just go with the mud. The blood seemed a little too intense. Here, wait, uh, could you hear me, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Oh, did I cut out? Here, wait, um, oh, I can still hear you. Oh, no, okay, one second, one second. Oh, wait. All right, can you hear me now? Yeah, are you good? Yeah, yeah, we're back, we're back. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, yeah. my, my phone's right here in case we need to hop into another uh, stream. Yeah, call. yeah. I, it seems like our uh, our platform is having a little bit of uh, technical issues today, of course, on a Survivor premiere night nonetheless. But uh, yeah, I, I, the bottom line with that, uh, with that, with that challenge is, you know, in terms of the blood. So, you know, you talk about the blood if you're high, you know, is it worth, is it worth even pouring, putting that blood on you? Like, you know, there was the, the funny comment that I believe Lydia made. Um, to him, there was like, oh, you look like you're bleeding so much. And he's like, oh, yeah, I am. Like, <laughs> like, th- would you even have put the blood on you? Like, that, like, such a, like, such a, like, that, that is the not believable part. Mud, of course, but like, yeah, blood, w- yeah. so where, where's the blood coming from? You're all, you're gonna just wash all the, you, you jump in the water, all the blood's washed off, and now you have no cuts on yourself. But I, th- I think you are, I think you are right, though, because, um, like, that you have to go for this because it, it might seem a bit, uh, like sketchy at first, but this isn't like you remember Worlds Apart, right? Uh, in the first episode where uh, Joaquin and So got caught in that lie about the neutral box, right? right. Like, this isn't like that where you know they're going to ask you a lot of questions and then they they can say like, oh, this doesn't make sense. Where you're coming, they they made it very believable. So I can appreciate that that Survivor didn't make them go for an advantage and leave them hanging high to dry. It was kind of like, no, we're gonna make it believable in your sense but you're completely right though like in this case you have to go for it because in a shortened game you take the advantages that you can get and especially when you can make cross tribal bonds we'll talk about this later as well cross tribal bonds early on can make can pay dividends in this game so the fact that as as they thought drea Lindsay, and hi already have you know shared knowledge that could bond them so i think it was a no-brainer yeah i definitely agree it'll be interesting to see how all the cross tribal uh, bonds work um, in the season, um, especially because there's a major twist with it, as we're going to get to in a little bit after we, you know, finish talking about this challenge. Now, again, before we, you know, go on, just wanted to say that if we do have more technical difficulties and one of us has to leave for a second and then join back in, just bear with us, you know, nothing we can control right now. But anyway, um, then the ending to that challenge was definitely, you know, great. Um, now let me just say, if I obviously rocks Roy with like a heroic, heroic, uh, win for the blue tribe. Now, if I was, if I was in, if I was on Survivor, I would never want to be in the position that I had to tie knots together. To that, that seems like the most stressful thing. Like you have to tie all those knots together in order to make a big like stick thing to get the key off. But like 
it has to be long enough. It has to be sturdy enough. Like yeah. th- that's, that's something that you would never do. Yeah. That's something that you would never really do in your life unless you, uh, unless you maybe Ryan and like, think about it like that and maybe practice yeah. sometimes. But, uh, but yeah, I, you know, that's like such a, such a pressure, you know, pressure spot. So that was like so awesome and amazing to see rocks where I pull through for the blue team, you know, under that, you know, under that circumstance. Well, listen, Jeff always says like, that's a, that's a hero or a zero role. Like if you put yourself in that spot, whether you're rocks Roy in that challenge or in the immunity challenge, if you're like Jenny and Daniel doing the puzzle, when you put yourself in the hero role, you got to deliver because especially at the first tribal council, people will look for any reason to vote you out. Like we saw tonight. So I mean, good on Roxroy for making a big comeback there. Hopefully, um, we, we, we'll never know what happened if, like, you know, like uh, Taku lost again or if uh, Vati lost. And uh, the two that lost that challenge were Hai and Mariah were the other two people doing the stick. Right. So we don't know what would have happened. But the other key thing in this challenge, Joel, before we get back to camp, is at the first part of the challenge before the, the whole decision, we see Tori, I think it was Jonathan, and Daniel go for the uh, – go for the paddles and Daniel gets himself in a Stephanie LaGrosa situation. This was by far one of the best moments of the episode. Not only do I think it like gave us a great introduction to Daniel, who I think is going to be a big, big Oh, he's hysterical. I think he's going to be a big either character or player on the season, but I'm bullish on him as of after that first episode, he, the fact that he referenced the heroes, the heroes villains moment with, uh, with Stephanie LaGrosa, like that was the cherry on top. Like the fact that he referenced it was so perfect. He knew right away, like, wow, I just did a Stephanie. I dislocated my shoulder and he was so ready to go. He's like, just pop it back in. I'm ready to go back in like that. That was unbelievable. I mean, just think about how much adrenaline you must have going. And you know, that moment you have opening, you know, opening, uh, challenge of survivor and magically, you know, you just pop your shoulder out. That must've been crazy, but what, what a moment, what a moment for Daniel. I mean, like I said, this challenge had everything from the the classic challenge element to a hero moment to an injury to an advantage at the challenge. Like basically, we kind of took all parts of Survivor and kind of like molded into one. Um, and then we then then the game's officially on. Yeah, and I just want to remind everyone to uh, put your questions in the live chat if you're watching live, and we will get to all of them at the end. We got plenty of time tonight, although it was a late episode. Um, I'm Look, I'm excited to talk about it and answer all questions. Obviously, first time we've had one of these in about three months. So let's yeah. keep... Oh, oh, what were you going to say, Ryan? I was going to say really quickly, um, uh, well, well, two things. Um, actually, you know, one of them is a question, so we'll get to it later. But the other thing is... Um, before we get more into like, you know, some of the strategy at camp and we get into some of the other things, just while we're still at the opening moments where we meet some of these people and you mentioned that you said Daniel is going to be a fun person on the show. I wanted to get your thoughts on other people really quickly that stood out to you in the premiere because I, again, I couldn't stop smiling. So people like Daniel really stood out to me as a great character. Um, Mary, I think Marianne is going to be one of the most liked people maybe in Survivor. She's so likable and personable. Um, she caught my eye. I liked Mike a lot. We'll get to Mike in this next segment, but I really liked Mike more than I thought. And then if I had to pick one more that I really enjoyed tonight, um, let's see. I, I actually really enjoyed Drea too. Drea was kind of fun to see, like just go for everything. So yeah, I kind of want to get, um, I, I will mention, I, I don't want to give my full answer yet. I'm going to mention sure. them as we go along because I don't want to miss anyone or, uh, you know what I mean? So let's go, let's go back to camp now. It was the same thing as last season where we have a savvy or sweat. Now, the most ironic thing about this is that, you know, Jeff's telling us we're going to do all the same stuff, but last season, both tribes chose the sweat where they had to, you know, fill the water. And this year, 
they and this season they all chose the triangles which we never got to see play out last season and i remember us talking last season we're like that is really hard like i think the right move was to choose sweat and you know mike had a very strategic answer and said i you know he already kind of felt like he was being seen as a leader and it was like i'm gonna try to push it off me um the sweat challenge so he you know kind of pushed triangles right away and they end up doing triangles the other tribe we don't even see them make their decision we just see that we just see them you know, pick triangles. And this is what I kind of liked about the editing tonight is that like we, to me, I don't need to see them make the decision. I would rather see personal moments of them trying to do the challenge. You know what I mean? I think we got, you know, here and there a few extra minutes of like personal time. And I think that's what possibly is developing this cast so well. I saw a tweet from uh, Russell uh, Swan from, you know, season 19, season uh, tw- uh, 25. Yeah. Um, but he he was saying, he was saying that he loves the character development early on. I think that's something that they, the survivor maybe realized that they missed, you know, early last season. Uh, but they, they hit the nail on the head with it right away. And it, it started at this puzzle at this, at this uh, challenge. Now, let me, let me say before, you know, you give your opinion on the triangles here, not something I would have done. Um, also looked like it was absolutely impossible. Yeah, well, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that um, I, I know someone on Twitter did like some type of algorithm where they calculated in a, like, in, like in an hour, like really quickly, how many triangles there were. It was pretty cool. But um, I mean, I think first of all, you're right, though, where the show at its heart is about character moments and developments. I mean, challenges are fine. Advantages are fine. Idols are fine. But what we care most about is character development and seeing the players interact, drive strategy, and make moves. So if anything that adds to that, I like. And you mentioned Mike because, um, you know, like he said, you might look at me and think, you know, I'm a retired firefighter from Hoboken and I seem rough and tough and I, I might be hard to approach, but I have a soft side and I'm pretty, you know, quick as well. I love this from him. He right away recognized that he would be on his own in this challenge. And while he's sweating it out, no pun intended, then he will be alone and they are all going to be strategizing a camp, getting to know each other, making bonds. And he misses out on that time, which is really crucial early in the game. And the other thing that you mentioned is that both tribes this season chose Savvy, whereas last season they chose Sweat. The thing is that they changed it up where, like Jeff said, some twists are going to be different than last time, where last time it was two people filling two buckets. This time it was one person filling one bucket, which added to Mike's decision to not want to put himself in that hole. And otherwise for Savvy, instead of getting one guess and you lose, you get two guesses. So, so I think that's why we saw both tribes choosing Savvy other than Mike kind of swaying them that way because last last time you make one bad guess and you're off by one you lose, you don't get the flint. This time at least you get a backup guess. So I think that's what led to their their decision as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you make a good point. And, and like you said, you know, I personally, like I'll, I will completely admit it, um, I kind of fell for the stereotype for Mike in the pregame press. I thought he was going to, you know, be the older guy on the season who, you know, maybe doesn't go so far. Obviously we, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen to him, but um, like, I, I thought, you know, maybe, maybe doesn't, maybe doesn't go so far. Um, maybe, you know, doesn't really fit in well with the tribe. And, you know, the fact that he, first of all, he doesn't seem like he's 58 years old at all. No. Second, second of all, he gives an absolutely great confessional that we saw a lot of. Third of all, like he, he he's there 100% strategically. And that was a really smart strategical decision right away. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to Jenny in this. Yeah, uh, I, Jenny was great tonight. In this, uh, in this, not only, yeah, in this, in this episode completely, but in that triangles, uh, you know, savvy challenge here, she, you know, was i thought it was this, you know such a funny scene when everyone's like oh i got it immediately and she's like no you don't like she they weren't even helping her she was she was on her own basically and she said like i knew i was on my own right away and she she nailed it so 
great job by Jenny, who, again, I would say also, you know, she she had a phenomenal episode and that was a phenomenal job there. Yeah, listen, the minute I saw that Jenny was a, a creative director or creative designer and she said in the preseason that, you know, she'll be strategic, but she'll be good at these puzzles. No, she aced the triangles and she aced the um, she aced the, uh, the 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 dragon puzzle at the end there. Um, and again, like you said, I was laughing the whole time because all these other people on the tribe, especially the, the, the younger ones were like, oh, I got it already. And I, I found 20. And she's like, you didn't get it already. And how did you get that little? And then we see on the other tribe with Taku, um, like <laughs> Jonathan was like, I have 16. And then Omar's like, I have 30. And he's like, you have 20 more than me. So yeah. it was just fun to see them interact in this way. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy that both tribes ended up choosing Savvy because it was great to see that play and out. They both got it. Play, so. Yeah, and, and now let's get to the uh, blue tribe where, you know, we have, you know, start, you know, the, the tribal relationship started to build that, you know, I kind of had a feeling based on the way that they were talking and we were being shown that they could be the tribe that we saw tonight at tribal, simply because we seem to be getting a lot from them. Um, and I'm a little, look, let me just say straight off the bat, I'm a little worried that this could be the UA of the season. Um, and again, I, I, I know I made the argument for them, uh, in our podcast last week that maybe they'd be okay in challenges, but it does not look great for them. Um, so again, we get that later, but I want to talk about, you know, a few of the players in this tribe, because if they are the UA of the season, we're going to see a lot of them, a lot of them, uh, coming, you know, coming up going forward. So first we have Tori who we were very, you know, both of us were, you know, very high on going into the season. She makes the classic crucial mistake of leaving by herself to go get food. Even though she was going to get food, she also admitted she was looking for the idol and, you know, she was gone for a little too long. And of course, the number one thing you don't want to get, you don't want to do on Survivor on day one. Now, I want to just bring up, you know, the fact that obviously Zach is the one to leave tonight. But the other name on the chopping block appeared to be Tori. At least they made us think that, um, you know, that's what Zach said, uh, you know, at, at Tribal Council. If you had told me, based on the pregame press, that Zach and Tori were going to be on the vote on the chopping block first, I would have told you you were crazy. And it's just so it's so amazing that you know, you know, Zach is a he's a debate champ, like a national debate champion. Basically, the you know, basically he can convince you of anything. Tori is a therapist, even though we get into the fact that she told everyone she's a caregiver. Um, she's a therapist. You would think that she's going to be the most calm person out there. And meanwhile, she, you know, both these players get put out there and they look like they're running around without a chick with a chicken without a head. Tori clearly was, I don't want to say chicken without a head because Tori clearly knows what she's doing, but she was very out of sorts. And like she even said, she was so stressed out. You know, she said in tribal, she was, she was, you know, so overwhelmed by everything. And I, I, you know, I I just want to say like that to me showed how real it was, how like, you know, Tori, it seemed like she was so composed and she was going to be the most composed person. She was going to be able to talk to everybody. She wasn't going to have an issue with any of this stuff. And she seemed like so out of place um, at times during that episode. So, uh, and my, and my brother, I actually, I want to give him a little bit of credit because my brother kind of, my brother, he predicted that Tori was getting the classic like um, danger in the first episode, but doesn't actually go home. And she did. Um, He, he also, my brother also compared her to like a little bit like David Wright-esque from that first episode of season 33. Not necessarily that they're the same people, but that they were in terms of like the way that they were portrayed kind of very like all over the place. Um, but like at the same time, getting a lot of screen time, getting a lot of confessionals, we're kind of, you know, getting a, you know, a good look at where their head's at. So I think Tori should be an interesting player, um, 
you know, as long as they could maybe win some challenges, she should be an interesting player coming up here because she definitely knows what she's doing. I think she was just, you know, overwhelmed right away, especially that they, you know, first went to tribal council. But that that, that was her her arc in this episode was wild. It was a roller coaster. It was it was interesting to see the arcs of specifically all these young players because when we see when we get to Ika, the blue tribe to start, we see again the three younger people, Swati. Tori and Zach start to bond and, 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 you know, Tori's trying to lean into her nerdy side, trying to connect with Swati and with Zach about Harry Potter and butterbeer and all this stuff. And I, um, I, I actually, I think you and I predicted we could see maybe Drea and Roxroy bonding and making an alliance. I don't, I don't think I predicted that uh, Romeo would go with them. So basically when the episode starts, we see three, two main factions. We see the younger people and then we see Romeo, which I forget how old he is, but Romeo and Drea and Roxroy. And again, if I had to predict what, what was going to happen, so I, I'll give your brother Tyler credit. Um, you know, I thought throughout most of the episode, Roxroy was going to go. And I would have thought that Romeo potentially to save Zach would have maybe swung to the younger people and voted out maybe Roxroy. But we saw as soon as the Blue loses the challenge later on, Swati right away is like, okay, well, Zach lost that with me. Zach's got to go. So these younger p- players... Like I said, shot out of a cannon, they're more willing to like, you know, just throw people under the bus or they're more willing to, you know, swing and make moves in order to be, to save themselves in, in order of like self-preservation. So we'll see how Ika, you know, how the tribal dynamics keep, keep going, but it was inter- interesting to see those two groups form. But then Dylan, we also saw Romeo and Zach bond early on. Yeah, I, I, there, there was, a, you know, there was again, there, the reason why I had a feeling that this tribe was in trouble is because we saw just so much of them at camp, uh, and I, I, you know, I love when that does happen. So first, I want to talk about how we had the three of Drea, Roxroy, and Romeo, and then that kind of like, I mean, it, it didn't really fall apart. It didn't fall apart after tonight, but I have a gut feeling it's going to fall apart. Um, we. Again, I, I I get the feeling from the amount we saw from Tori tonight. I have a feeling she's going to be a major player. Um, now again, if they keep losing challenges, she won't be, but I, I think if, you know, if they could kind of figure things out in terms of the challenges, then I think she'll be an important player in the season. Um, we didn't get that much from Swati, um, this episode, but we kind of got a lot from the other four, um, that are left. So I think, and, and we got to, you know, from the preview of next week, we see that it kind of seems like Tori was talking about potentially wanting to get out Drea. Um, and kind of see, but so there's there, I just want to talk about that quick. There's a weird dynamic going on between them. Cause at first, you know, they had the kind of clash where like Drea threw Tori's name out and then they kind of had what seemed like a very great conversation where I thought that they were locked in together. Um, and then kind of Drea goes back on her word and like goes with the other three. And then next week they're talking about getting each other out again. I am not sure what's going to happen with those two. I can't really tell if they're eventually going to end up working together and this is like their arc or or they're going to end up being pinned against each other. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, they, they clearly both would call themselves, you know, strong, independent, you know, female players. And I think what we saw, like in terms of how the story flowed over at the blue tribe that, you know, you know, Tori goes off to look for some tarot, some food, and then, you know, others get suspicious. Everybody's wondering where she is. Um, you know, I guess Drea makes one comment like, oh, we know there's only one thing to do on the island. Look for an idol. We see Zach try to tip Tori off like, hey, I'm just saying, you know, people are concerned about you having an idol. And then we see all these little pieces kind of play out later in the episode. So like you're saying, um, yeah, we see maybe, oh, you could have maybe imagined 
Drea and Tori, they, they start on opposite sides with the two different alliances. Then maybe they link up to, you know, maybe take out Roxroy. Then they switch their minds and maybe take out Zach tonight. But then we see next episode, they're going to be uh, back at odds again. So to me, I don't think Drea and Tori will get on the same page. If anybody can, you know, swing back and forth in this tribe, I could see someone like Romeo doing that pretty well. But I have a feeling Tori and Drea are not going to be able to get on the same page going forward. Yeah, uh, I, I do agree with that. Um, but I, I think but I think that they left the option open for us tonight. That's all I wanted to point out. Um, but I want to move on. I don't want to spend too much time here because I want to talk about a few of the other tribes uh, also. So we go to Taku. He stares, you know, the great story um, that he is transgender, obviously. And obvi- I'm saying, obviously, like the, you know, the tribe was, you know, so you know, they were kind of filled with emotion of that story. It was such a great, you know, fireside story. You know, this was a great, great part of the episode. Really, really powerful story um, from Jackson. Um, And then we end up having to see that he has to end up going home, which was kind of a crazy arc and something that we haven't really seen on Sarai before. We've seen players have to be pulled in the first episode before. We saw that in David Goliath's season uh, season 37, where, you know, Pat hurts his back, has to go out of the game. But we've never really seen something like this happen where, you know, there was a disconnect between him and production. Production didn't know he was on a certain medication. Um, if he goes out here with, you know, without this medication or with this medication, uh, I forgot what exactly the details were, but it could, yeah, you know, I- it could affect him pretty badly health wise. So he had to be pulled for the game. That was a very, very unfortunate part of this episode after we had heard such a great story that he had shared. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you're right. Jackson really shown in this episode. And I want to thank Jackson for, you know, telling his story and, you know, hopefully, you know, you know, educating and inspire inspiring others. So I thought it was really, really moving and impactful. Um, I can speculate on like what happened, or I can kind of tell you what I think I understood the story was, but I want to stress that like I don't think we have all the details and I don't think I know everything. So I would basically tell people, you know, take what we say with a grain of salt, maybe look at some post-game interviews with like Mike Bloom or Dalton Ross, see what they have to say with Jackson when they interview him. And maybe we can put more pieces together as things go on. But it sounded like when Jackson was taking care of his mom and he was, when he was, I guess, you know, young, a bit younger or in the last few years or whatever it was, he was, you know, constantly, you know, being overworked to kind of take care of her. And he, I guess, to stay awake or to kind of, you know, keep himself alert, he was taking, I guess, lithium. And the problem with that is that when you are under stress or you're not eating or you're under certain types of strains, that can be, be very damaging to your body. And I guess what he told Jeff when Jeff came there was, well, I was on lithium for a long time, but I'm trying to wean myself off. And I didn't disclose it right away because I said to myself, I have two weeks of quarantine. I will be off it before Survivor starts, but I guess right before they left and they said to them, disclose all everything one last time, I guess he put it on there. And I guess Jeff and production thought to themselves in this fast paced 26 day game, we, we, we can't allow you to be out here because you're at a risk of hurting yourself. I want to ask you, Dylan, do you think they would have handled things differently if it was like 39 days or like, I mean, also we can also ask ourselves, like, should he have even been out there in the first place? Should, should they have called in an alternate? Like, what are some of your quick thoughts about this? Yeah. So this was obviously a you know there's a lot of things that go into it obviously cbs has to weigh you know they don't want to face a potential lawsuit if something bad happens to them i you know i saw people people tweeting about that but at the same time i don't know i mean like i guess that they with my my guess about the alternate is first of all i don't know if they have alternates out there but with the quarantine rules and all the covid rules my guess is that it was probably more difficult to get somebody else out there um 
so instead of starting short, my guess is that they just went and they probably also felt bad. That they didn't want to pull somebody the day before the game. So they probably just said, well, you know, play it as it goes and let, and let him start. But clearly, you know, two days into the game, they made the decision that he had to be pulled. Um, but I think, you know, a major takeaway from this is just how, um, how Jackson handled it. I want to say is he was like so yeah. grateful for even the opportunity to even get that chance to be out there 48 hours. And it seems like he had taken and learned so much from it, just even being out there without having voted and, you know, not even having gone through a challenge yet, uh, an immunity challenge. So I think that was, you know, pretty, it was pretty awesome to see the way that it was handled by him. Um, And, you know, obviously very emotional part of the episode. Marianne was obviously like overcome with emotion. Like imagine like, you know, being, being somebody for 48 hours expecting, you know, you could possibly go far with somebody in this game and then they get pulled um right away pretty much before you even have your first immunity challenge so it was definitely uh a a wild thing that i did not expect uh, nobody could have expected this to ever happen um but i think you know it was a there were there were good you know emotional but also like great parts of it yeah i mean like you said this is uncharted territory because we've never i mean like we've seen people get injured we've seen people get sick we've seen people you know quit people you know miss their family i don't think we've never seen a situation where someone has to get pulled because of a production disclosure before the season. So it's, it's uncharted territory for all of us. But I think you saw how, ups- I mean, Marianne was like hysterical, but everybody was so upset with him leaving. And I think you could chalk that up to a couple of different things. Like, yeah, they've only been out there two or three days. So like, I mean, it's tough because I want to say, how would Jackson have done if they had to go to tribal? Like how was he positioned in the game? And I don't think we saw enough of Taku to really understand how he was positioned. I think you and I, in the preseason, we both were a little less high on Jackson's chances. Like we both thought thought Jackson could go out pre-merge. But he seemed very loved on that tribe. And I don't know if he would have left or maybe if Mariah would have left, but he seemed very well liked by that group. They really connected with him, even though, um, you know, at, at a first glance, you might think he doesn't, you know, fit in right away, but they clearly embraced him and, I really think he would have been a really bright spot for the season. So it's really uh, crazy that someone's gone off the bat like that. Yeah, it is unfortunate to see. Um, but that's pretty much all we got from Taku this episode. Um, so let's move on to the Green Tribe, uh, Vati, Vati, where you have, uh, you know, Mike, you know, he's taking the lead on everything. This this tribe is, is going to be a lot of fun. I know, you know, obviously we saw mostly the Blue Tribe for a lot of reasons tonight. But this is going to be a fun tribe. Obviously, Daniel, we already spoke about it. Now, Daniel's story is phenomenal. Like, yeah. he, you know, he had the background story where he had, you know, he had leukemia as a child. He beat he beat leukemia, and he's here right now. He's, you know, living proof that, you know, you could beat cancer. You could live, live for several, several years after, live your life to the fullest and end up on Survivors. So, I mean, that was an awesome, awesome inspiration. You know, his story is absolutely amazing, and that was awesome to see. Um, you know, what, what an episode for Daniel. I mean, you know, pulling a Steffi LaGrosse in the first challenge and then, you know, being, you know, part of that great story was awesome to see. And then in terms of like the early pairs, you have Jenny and Mike, uh, Lydia and high. We did see a lot of Lydia. She's definitely seems like she's going to be a great character and some comedic relief this season. Um, hi, I'm very, uh, pun, pun intended, very high, high, high. Um, you know, going into the, you know, going into the season. And then we have Chanel who we didn't see a lot of tonight, but Chanel looks like she is paired with Daniel right now. Yeah. So this is interesting. Cause this is what you and I predicted for the, the taco, the orange tribe, cause we have predicted Lindsay and Jonathan pairing up Marianne and Omar and Mariah and Jackson. Now we didn't see a lot of taco. So it, it remains to be seen if next week we'll see those other two pairs 
partner up, which will be interesting because if, if it's Omar and Marianne and if it's Jonathan and Lindsay, for example, where will Mariah go? That will be interesting to see. But on this tribe, we did see a 2-2-2 two, two, two in a way. And again, I'll give credit to Chanel because, you know, Chanel uh, in confessionals is kind of narrating and saying, here, here are the dynamics of the tribe. You know, what I look for as well in terms of great players are also great narrators, you know, who, who are really good at, you know, explaining the layout of the game in confessionals. So like you said, Lydia was giving a lot of uh, funny quips and a lot of funny uh, comments in the episode, but we saw hi talk about some strategy. We saw Chanel lay out the dynamics. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, But it also looked like, even though those were the pairs, it looked like high and Chanel also really liked Daniel. So even though I I would be sad to see this, because I actually, I think I like the green tribe the most, just in terms of all the characters. I really like the green tribe a lot. Um, But I, I could see a scenario where Daniel and Chanel team up with Lydia and High, and they go after maybe Mike and Jenny for being, you know, you know, a bit older. I hope that's not the case, but I could see those four uh, joining up in terms of pairs potentially. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. Now, I want to get to again. I, I wish we had gotten to this earlier, but uh, I want to get to the advantage Amlet. I believe it's called. Did I did I pronounce that correctly? I, th- I think yeah. I think it's it's the advantage Amulet. Yeah. Advantage amulet. Okay, I have never. I just want to disclose. I've never heard that word before tonight. What? So, Dylan, if I you look, look, I'm not, look. I I wouldn't have called myself the best at uh, the uh, English uh, SAT or anything here. Okay, okay, um, okay. So, <laughs> but at the same time, this is a great advantage. Regardless, um, I really like it. Now, let me just explain for those who may have forgot or just may want their mind refreshed. So, when Drea, High, and Lindsay had the advantage in the first. Um, first reward, you know, the first challenge of the season, the opening challenge, when they had that advantage, they each got one of these advantage amulets. So what these are is they must all be played at the same time uh, based on however many are left. Um, When there are three left in the game, they become an extra vote. When there are two left in the game, they could, you know, be combined together to become a steal a vote. Um, One left is a full idol. So you have so much game theory here because, you know, you could vote the other ones out and then cash one in for a full idol. Is that correct? So, yeah, again, I, I think we're going to have to either see the paper or kind of look at it again. But from what we understand, if there's only one person left with the amulets, that acts as a full idol, kind of like how the legacy advantage acts as a full idol on day 36 or whatever it is. So that's how we understand it. So, right. So this is like, again, it's like a prisoner's dilemma type thing where where like you have to decide whether you want to keep your your alliance you, you know you want to keep those three in the game you guys want to cuz so hold on let me just clear this up first before i get into this yeah if three are left in the game and they cash it in does do each of them get an extra vote or is it one extra vote to be used as the three of them i would assume each would get an extra vote i yeah because then then you get into a whole possession debate of like well who owns the extra vote or who owns the right. vote so i yeah. i assume like you each get an extra vote, which you might argue, well, that's really crazy if three people get an extra vote and they all have to use that at the same time. But I guess like Jeff is kind of arguing in the advantage, technically, idol, you know, immunity is everything. So if you have your own idol, that kind of is more powerful than an extra vote. But Right. So again, this is a new advantage. Um, we did not see this last game. At first, at first, I'm sitting here thinking like, well, this is kind of like fire tokens. And then I was like, wait, no, it's like, it's, it's like, well, no, there's like advantages to getting the other players out with this, with this amulet. Um, so it'll be interesting to see 
you know, what these players decide to do, whether they're going to go for the idol or whether they're just going to decide to become a strong three. My guess is that my guess is that if they keep the tribes, you know, small and separated, this is obviously going to come into play at the merge and not until then. So I think this will be completely dependent on each player's position at the merge, right? Are they, are they going to be all in good positions where they feel comfortable with other Alliance members that they could get the others out, or are they going to need to depend on each other in order to get themselves further into the game? My, my first thought is like, like in terms of like what the right move is, and I'll have to look at what, you know, you know, our hap says what David Bloomberg says, but I feel like the right move here is to like betray the others. Like I think in this game, you have to kind of make sure that you have the idol. Like you know where the other two are, and all three of you are aware who has what at this point. And I think you can use that to your advantage in terms of your alliance members, like you said, based on your position. I do, I do think it behooves all of the three of them, Drea, Hi, and um, Lindsay, to kind of say to themselves, if I can figure out a way to make this count as an idol, that's my best bet. And I think it really provides, like you said, that game theory interesting dilemma because right away we say, okay, great. There's cross-tribal bonds. The three of these um, players can maybe link up at the merge. And right away I'm thinking to themselves, to ourselves, like, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. Like I could see someone like Lindsay trying to make it work, but Drea proved tonight that she's all about like herself and she's all about like self-preservation because she went for both advantages right away. And she already, we already heard her kind of whispering to herself, well, if I vote them out, I get an idol. So I want to do that. And I think high, you said that you're very high on him. I am as well. And I think he also is thinking very, um, you know, strategically. So I think he as well would want to keep that idol for himself. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree with that. Now, now I want to like, kind of, I want to get into the next, uh, next twist we had, which was this uh, summit ship wheel Island thing. Um, And the reason I want to get into that is because I want to like compare it to the amulet and like, one of the reasons I want to like talk about them both at once is because Drea obviously participated in both. So this was the same thing as last season where if two play it's, you know, the prisoners only if two players risk their vote um, and then one, you know, protects their vote, then the two that risk their vote, get it. Um, if all three risk, then, you know, everyone loses their vote. And if all three protect, then nothing, everything just stays the same. So um, given the, given the fact that that, you know, that happened, we have, uh, Marianne, Andrea, who risked their vote, and Jenny protects. So Drea and Marianne each get an extra vote. Um, we saw Drea at Tribal Council get that extra vote. Now, that being said, Drea now holds two advantages. She holds the extra vote and the amulet. So what? So this is what I was going to say where I was kind of holding back and you know talking about which players like surprised me. I didn't get any like particular amazing vibes from Drea, you know, you know, based on a pregame press, she was kind of shortened to the point with every answer she had. She is there to, she is playing really hard to start. I think this, you know, obviously we see plenty of players play hard and kind of flame out. Uh, so we'll have to see if she is a, you know, if she's somebody who's going to be playing a little bit too hard, too early. Clearly we see that, you know, she has a little bit of a target on her back. Now, one thing we didn't see is we didn't see like last season, we saw everyone come back from the Island and try to explain themselves. We have not seen that yet. So I think next week we're going to probably see a little bit more of that where everybody's kind of speculating what, what does Marianne have? What does Drea have? What does Jenny have? I think Drea could Drea could have a huge target on her back going forward because now everyone knows she has at least one advantage in all likelihood. Um, and look, we'll see if that, if we'll see if Drea could use those advantages to help her stay in the game. Um, 
well, really the only one she could use right now is the is the extra vote. But we'll see if she could use that to help her stay in the game or if the target is just going to be too big for her to overcome this early. So um, I, I again, I was pretty high on Drea in the preseason. I think I saw people online because she, she's she's a fitness consultant. She's obviously in great shape. She seems like she's going to be a, you know, a, t- a tough player in the game. I saw people making the comparison to uh, Sydney and Korong, which, which I, I could totally see that comparison right away. Um, but no, I mean, if we had to kind of go over who has what at this point really quickly, we know Drea has, like you said, the amulets and she has the uh, extra votes. Uh, Marianne has an extra vote. We know that Hi and Lindsay also have amulets. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm missing because Jenny protected her vote. So Jenny has nothing. I, I believe that's it. As of now. And everybody has their shot in the dark except for Zach, which we'll get into uh, later. But no, I was Dylan. I was happy to see Shipwheel Island back. I actually, I remember last week we talked about twists and I said, well, we know Shot in the Dark will be back. We know Beware will be back, all this other stuff. I wasn't sure if they would bring back Ship Wheel, so I'm excited to see them bring it back. And again, anytime you give me a twist like Exile Island where people can make cross-tribal bonds, I'm all for it. Yeah, I agree. Happy to see that back. I expected it to come back, and I'm happy to see it back. But let's get to the immunity challenge and then eventually the vote out where we have the blue tribe um, loses to the orange tribe and green tribe. And now I want to give you credit because I think you were right last week on, you know, last week we did the podcast and we were kind of predicting uh, which tribes would be dominant and stuff like that. Uh, you call, you said you said you thought Taku would do very well in the challenges and you thought Jonathan would carry them. This guy is so much bigger than everybody else on the season <laughs> that that you might you were right like he he may legitimately carry them to every single challenge win until the merge like that's a possibility also i want to give credit to like uh lindsay who is incredibly impressive in the challenges as well um and then they did very well with the puzzle so you know good job overall they look really really good for challenges now yeah. but that that was a that was a grueling grueling challenge i mean like jeff said i mean in terms of the 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 water elements of having to row those boats against the tough current and get those huge chests into the boat, then pushing it up the beach into the sand and then on the track, it's very hard. The sand gets very hot out there. And then you go under the net crawl, which is like it tears you up. It's really brutal. Then the puzzle, it really wore them out. So I, I give them credit. And like Jeff said, it was a tough challenge. But like like you said, for you know complimenting me, um, yeah, Jonathan is just so much bigger than every other person guy but every person out there like it's not even close i mean the first line of the of the season is john we, we meet jonathan he says i have a record for uh most pull-ups with 100 pounds on my back like this guy is huge and i i can't even think of the next closest guy to him like maybe i could say it's like, like uh, uh i was gonna say it's like uh john it's like a uh, uh, john from season 37 like he's just he's oh no i was gonna say like on this season i can't even think of who the closest uh, guy uh, to this season is like yeah yeah like maybe rocks, but like this guy is huge. Yeah. And not only that, again, like you mentioned, Lindsay, give her credit. Lindsay is super fit as well. So when you have those two crushing it on the physical aspect, and clearly Omar and Marianne are good at puzzles, like this is going to be a tough tribe to stop, honestly, even though they lost Jackson right away, this is going to be a tough tribe. I think just because Jonathan, again, like this isn't like you said, you said just uh, David versus Goliath. This isn't like that season where you have, uh john you have dan you have alec you have i guess you could argue like 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 davy in a way like you don't have a lot of like bigger guys like jonathan like stands on his own here right right so yeah i think they're going to be pretty dominant in challenges going forward unless there's some kind of uh, 
like finesse type thing that they have to do. But if if if, if they have challenges like that where you got to just move stuff and like run and swim, then they're going to be in good in a good spot. Um, now I want to get to you know the tribal council dynamics here. Um, before we get to questions, we have the blue tribe goes to tribal council. Zach kind of just like blames himself for the puzzle. Um, uh, this was, I thought a little bit of a weird thing. It was like, and this is how you were able to see again, like I said, how real survivor really is. And all these players that you would have thought would be so calm under the situation, kind of just like they were in a circle and they were like, kind of just like putting it all out there. Like Zach was like, it's my fault. I had the puzzle. Tori was like, uh, I don't have an idol, which is, uh, I was in shock that she, that she said that I would just kept quiet if I were her, but she, uh, she said she didn't have an idol. Um, and then you know, I thought Roxroy was going to be in trouble here. I thought everything else was kind of going to be a misdirect because they kind of painted him out as like bossy throughout the entire episode. Um, but then to Roxroy's credit, the alliance, the original alliance of Dre and Romeo eventually is what allows Zach to go home um, and not him. So it saves him. Zach plays his shot in the dark and he is, I believe the first unanimous vote in, uh, in, uh, in survivor history where he, he goes out without, having you know he was the only one that got votes because he yeah was and again vote. i i'll have to go back like he he credits survivor wiki i'll have to go check the wiki on that but <laughs> it is crazy to think that because of those circumstances it's the first unanimous vote in history i, I would need to check that but that's pretty interesting um this was interesting in terms of like the dynamics at camp because this show really did set it up where for any reason it could be Zach, Tori, or Rox. And I think you and I were texting. You thought Tori initially, I thought Rox. And I'm not going to get into any like editing stuff because I think I know people say like if you read the edit, you read into it too much, like it kind of can spoil some things. But I thought without reading the edits for some other stuff, the main reason Rox could go home is that they showed us early on that, like you said, he was being bossy and you know he was kind of rubbing people the wrong way, and then he was he was like I guess worn out at the challenge. I thought the whole Tori and Zach conflict was a misdirect and it was going to be rocks, but clearly, you know, I was wrong in that regard. Um, the most interesting thing in this uh, scramble before we get to tribal, and again, we see Jaya says, oh, I want to vote rocks out. No, let's actually vote out Zach. No, let's vote out Tori. Um, right away when Tori says this about, um, I want to dispel the rumors about me having an idol. And then she says, Dre, I want to talk to you because I heard it came from you. And Dre is like, well, it wasn't me. We all, we all were saying it. Drea and, and Tori go to the side and you can see Romeo's like, okay, wait, who, who told her? Like, guys, we, we, we had a plan. Who told her? And you see Zach go like, he kind of, he kind of like does that whole office thing, like where he just stares into the camera and he's like, uh oh, because, um, and this is what I want to talk to you about Dylan, where this may have been what sealed Zach's fate, not the puzzle, because we see Romeo and confessional say, um, I want to keep Zach here. Cause Zach and I work well together and he's a number for me. So I thought if Romeo was like a savvy player and he wants to maintain control of Ika, why does he want to let Zach go if Zach will be a number for him and he he, he can't trust Tori? I think I think for Romeo's game, it maybe was better for Tori to go. I think, Dylan, the reason why Zach went is because he spilled the beans to Tori. I think in that moment, what we didn't see when Rox and Swati want to vote out Zach and Romeo and Zach are like, let's vote out Tori. I think what we, we didn't see is Zach either confesses or Zori, Zori, or Tori says to him, to Romeo, I found out because Zach told me. And I wonder if Romeo realized Zach already is blabbing secrets. I, I can't trust him and he has to go. Like, what do you think about all this? Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised that it didn't end up being like, I thought that once Romeo and Zach had the conversation, then I thought like immediately that Rox 
that Rocks Roy uh, was going to be the odd man out and kind of all the younger players were going to bond together. Um, Cause that's what they made it seem like early. Um, but then it didn't, it didn't end up happening. So I'm kind of like curious to see what happened. Um, you know, obviously Tori, Tori, I guess, knew that they were all putting Zach. My guess is that Zach knew everyone was putting Zach. Maybe Romeo kind of told Zach that he was the one on the chopping block and to play a shot in the dark because he did. Um, now, if, if he had ended up, you know, receiving safe on the shot in the dark, um, I'm curious to see what would end up happening. I guess it would have been Tori. Um, cause that's what he did mention at tribal council. But I mean, this seemed clear cut that, um, everyone, everyone, including Zach knew that Zach was going home. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see, again, I kind of alluded to this before. I'm kind of curious to see what happens going forward. Um, is this something where everyone realizes that Dre is some huge threat with potential advantages and then ends up, you know, ends up going next? Um, do they decide that Roxroy, um, is kind of too bossy. He's getting on their nerves and he was, you know, not great in the first challenge. So they want to get him out. Um, do they maybe decide again, we Romeo, I think helped himself by not participating in the first immunity challenge, because this was obviously a very grueling one. We see him and Zach both saying that they're like 110 pounds. So I can't imagine that Romeo would have done great in that immunity challenge either, unless I'm again, we haven't seen it perform yet, but that's just my prediction based on, you know, him comparing himself to Zach. So could Romeo be in trouble next by being not as great at challenges or do they end up putting things together and maybe win a few challenges in a row? I think there's just so much mystery going forward on this tribe. I really, it, it's not, so I, I compared them to Ua before, but with Ua, you kind of knew that Ricard and Shan were running the show early. Whereas this, I kind of have no idea what's going on with this tribe. Um, it kind of seems like Romeo may be like in the middle in a good spot, but in the middle may not be a great spot to be like, I, it just, I, it's kind of all over the place. So I'm really curious to see what happens with this tribe going forward. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I might listen, I, I say I'll watch the episode again, but I feel like that's a huge commitment to rewatch two hours. <laughs> I, I want to maybe look at bits and parts of the episode because they do show that Swathi and Roxroy were talking about voting Zach out. So I wonder if, the show was trying to say like, oh, like they, they could be in alliance or maybe this is like a voting block where for one vote, Swathi doesn't want to go home. So she says to Rox, what should we do? Let's vote Zach. Okay, let's do it. I don't know if now that Zach is gone and that, you know, that younger person group is not obviously no longer exists because Zach and Tori don't want to work together anymore. Um, I wonder if we see the emergence of Swathi and Rox working together or if that was like a voting block. I don't, like I said earlier, I don't know if Tori and Drea will get on the same page. I actually see Romeo as maybe like the safest here. I, and granted, Swathi is youngest, so she could always, you know, get picked off at some point if they, um, you know, want to get rid of her. Or they or they may, they may just bring her along because she's younger. But I think just what, what we saw from Romeo, Romeo tonight, and again, I was pretty impressed because he, he came off as like, like a narrator. I think you and I were a bit worried in the preseason that he could maybe go early and be kind of on the outs of this tribe, but people seem to, you know, want to work with him in different ways. So I could see next week either being, like you said, rocks either is another uh, vote because he's bossy or people, you know, don't want to work with him or it could be Tori versus Drea. I think R Romeo is maybe the safest in this group because I think he has the ability to swing back and forth. And if this tribe is our Ua or if it is our tribe that loses a lot of challenges, it'll be interesting, interesting to see what happens with them next week. Hold on. Are we? Oh no. Are we uh, having more difficulties? 
I swear. I, I want to look up if StreamYard is having some problems or if it's one of our computers. But uh, yeah, yeah. Quick, quick crash again. My bad. Just had to leave and re-enter. I, I again, I don't know what's going on with. Can uh, we can, can we blame StreamYard or is it us? Yeah, we we could we could blame we could blame StreamYard for tonight. Uh, once again, apologies. But back to what you were saying. Yeah, I I think you know Romeo seems to be in a pretty good spot. Um, now one thing I do want to bring up quickly before we get to questions is. I don't know. So we didn't really see Roxroy and Tori interact at all in this episode, but Roxroy seemed pretty hell bent on keeping Tori. So clearly there's a relationship that is there that we did not see. Yeah. So that's interesting. Because and... he, because, because, because I think they were, they were saying like, oh, let's just get rid of Tori. And he was like, I'm not doing that. I refuse to do that. So I mean, he was like, and he was like just completely dismissive of it. And that's when I thought Roxroy was going to get himself in trouble by refusing to go with the plan. But there has to be something, a reason why he's defending Tori that we didn't see. Yeah, And again, the reason why they voted Zach out the way that the show portrayed it is that Zach, you know, was one of the reasons that they lost the challenge along with Swati on the puzzle. Although, to be fair, and I have to give Zach some credit here. Like he was saying, it's all my fault, you guys. They were behind. It wasn't like the first challenge where, you know, Taku had a lead and Mariah blew the lead. Like they were behind. Zach had to come back and put on a great puzzle performance with Swathi to catch them up because Jenny and Daniel and Omar Marianne were already like miles ahead of them. So yeah, the edit's showing us that rocks and the tribe voted Zach out to keep the tribe strong, which I can get. I'm not sure how much Tori is stronger than Zach because maybe Tori is a bit more physical than he is, but he definitely seems like more of a puzzle guy than Tori so far. So again, it could just be a simple aspect of classic survivor, keep the tribe strong. I still think there's something behind the scenes where Romeo in confessionals, because players don't lie to us in confessionals, Romeo clearly wanted to keep Zach because Zach is a number for Romeo and Tori is not. I still think it comes down to Zach secretly telling Tori you're in trouble and then the word got out. And I just think people realize maybe we can't trust him. So keep the tribe strong. He's a little schemy or he's going to write out secrets. He has to go. I, I think it's a combination of those two. Like that's my gut feeling right now. Yeah. And honestly, if I'm being honest, I like the group of players. I like the group of players on this, on this uh, tribe a lot. I, I was not happy to see Zach go home, but I, so I would yeah. like to see, I was, I don't like when, uh, you know, I don't like when some like an UA situation happens where the same tribe keeps going back. I want to see all three of these tribes get to, uh, get to go to tribal and us see how, how people operate in a real game like scenario. Um, so I hope that uh, either Taku or Vati end up going next week, but we'll see what happens. Let's yeah. get to questions though. I um, mean, I mean, all I'll say really quickly is that I, if you told me that Vati loses next week, I wouldn't be surprised, but I would be pretty shocked that Taku lost. Honestly, I don't think I right. think Taku could be the, the Lubu where they're not going to lose. Honestly, maybe ever. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see what happens. But let's get to questions. Um, Ryan, if you want to get those, um, if you want to, you know, display the que display the questions as we go. Um, once yep. again, if you have any questions, feel free to uh, put them in the chat. Um, and we will get to as many as we could. Okay. Um, um I'm uh, not logged in. I'm not. Well, I'm not logged into your account, so I can't like pop them up on the screen. But I can read them out to you if you want. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got. Um, I'll put them up on the screen, and you could uh, you could read. Okay. So yeah, so we have a lot of good uh, comments. So thank you to everybody who has been here tonight commenting and chatting with us. As we go through the questions, like Dylan said, just keep putting questions in there and we'll keep answering them. Uh, the first question that I see comes to us from Christian. Um, 
saying to us, do you think Tori has Angelina vibes? So I guess this question is asking us, is some, is Tori going to be a player like Angelina who is trying to play the game, trying to make moves, but either people don't respect her or people think that she's scheming too hard or kind of like getting a dodo edit. So will Tori try to be a player in the game, but not get the respect of her, uh, her, her fellow players? Um, I think it's a tough question because we're only one episode in. And I think because the Goliaths won their first challenge, we didn't see Angelina really emerge really until later in the post. She really, once the tribes swapped, we saw more of Angelina and then we saw Angelina more in the post merge. So I think it's too early to say, but I think it just comes down to like, if Romeo is already on to her and if next week is a Drea and Tori feud, I think Tori has potential because she's a fan of the show and she's played in other reality games before. But if she is messy and people can't trust her, I could see her being in this situation. That's my, that's my first thought. That's actually interesting. So this did not cross my mind once as I was watching, but now that you bring it up in that way, yeah, I think it's possible. Um, You know, somebody who's going to try to play hard, but not necessarily get respect. It's interesting because, and I know Tori spoke about this a lot in her pregame press and was like, I need to control my first impression. Um, And her first impression was not good, not what she anticipated it to be. Um, And it was simply because she went off for 10 minutes by herself. And she admitted she was looking for the idol. But I think think Tori's game is going to simply come down to, are they going to win enough challenges for her to like kind of skate by and then either move in a swap to other people where she'd get another chance at a first impression. But I'm a little bit worried with her going forward, given how much her name was thrown out. Again, I'm not sure if this was strictly an edit type thing where they're just trying to make us a little bit more attached to her early. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do get the vibe that like, she is a great character um, in terms. So like, yeah, I, I'm not sure I completely see the Angelina stuff, but it, the way you presented it, I, I could see it. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see more. It's tough to call after only one episode, but it's an interesting idea. Um, the next question I see is um, who is what's the next question here? I see. Um, I see. Christian has another question about: Do you think Drea is a dark horse this season? I mean, we talked a lot about Drea tonight. I think we both see her as someone who's com- coming here to play hard. If you give her a chance at an advantage, she will not turn it down. Um, now, like Dylan pointed out earlier, will she be a long-term contender or are they setting her up where she's going to play too hard too fast? Again, after one episode, it's really hard to say. Um, but if I had to pencil it in, um, to me, she screams like typical player that makes it to the merge. And then a few episodes in, she gets cut early jury because she's perceived as a big threat. And like, oh, there was a massive swing at the final nine to take out Drea. So I don't think... I think she could be a dark horse for sure, but I don't think right away I'm getting like, a, oh, like that's going to be our dark horse winner. I see her more as like a dark horse contender because people maybe doubted her in the preseason, but I could see her being a huge merge threat like someone like a Jonathan maybe. I, I would say at this point, she would not be a dark horse to me anymore. Like I think I think it's clear to us that she's going to be a player in this game. Um, the question is, we saw Shan dominate early in the game last 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 uh last season and then it quickly tailed off like each episode it got worse and worse and worse um so is she going to peak early in the game or is she going to be able to kind of lay low with the advantages she has for the rest of the you know pre-merge and beyond um but i think that she's going to be obviously extremely athletic extremely good at challenges it's going to be very hard to downplay her threat level yep 
Uh, next question we have comes to us from a uh, Green Bay Packer fan. Up, oh, it's back. Do you think the monster is anything more than a metaphor for the difficulty of the season? I mean, again, Jeff, like name, <laughs> name a better duo than Jeff and the monster. I'll wait. Like, I, I think that Jeff wants to just drill home to the, these players last season and this season. And I wouldn't be surprised if he tries it again in 43. The game is tough. The monster will eat you if you don't eat it first. So I really do think it's, it's basically just a, a metaphor for like, um, like a metaphor would have been like if he called edge of extinction, the monster and he alluded to a monster in the opening parts of the game. And then players like uh Reen get voted out and they walk off the uh, tribe and they see, Oh, there's this whole big threat of edge of extinction. That I have to survive. Like that's more of like a metaphor of a monster in this case. Like he's just saying, look, the game is hard. You're going to have to work harder. It's going to be more difficult, more fast. And you have to just, dive head head first to survive like that's basically all he's saying right i i think i think it's simply a metaphor that's all <laughs> okay so the next question dylan ohio state fan i keep saying ohio state fan it's ohio state for the win i, I think i just slap fan onto the, the end of it every time but um <laughs> we'll, 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 call ourselves, we'll call ourselves a penn state fan <laughs> okay a, a bit of a a bit of a soul survivor podcast rivalry here um <laughs> but like you I, I was asking you earlier and i think this is why you wanted to wait as well in the end, who impressed you the most and who disappointed you the most this episode? Um, do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? I'll go with this one. I would okay. say the people that impressed me the most, Romeo, because I didn't have many expectations for him, and it seems like he's in a pretty good spot. Um, so he impressed me. Um, I would say that Jenny impressed me with her challenge work. And again, we didn't really get to see much of her like socially, but uh, completely impressed me there. Daniel impressed me in terms of just like complete tank in the challenge in the fact that he just, you know, was completely ready to go tough like that. Um, seems like a very, very well-liked guy around camp. So yeah. that was impressive there. And again, I know I'm listing a lot of players, but I really was pretty, pretty blown away by this tribe. Obviously we spoke about Drea a lot. Um, she, she was really, really good. Obviously two advantages right off the bat. Again, I did not, I expected her to play more of a physical game than a all these advantages type game. So I have to say she impressed me. Uh, who disappointed me the most? So I would say who disappointed me the most? I guess, I mean, the simple answer is like, I didn't think Zach, I thought Zach was going to go far in this game. So for him to get voted out like that, um, it was disappointing. And my other answer would be, so here's the thing is I don't want to, I, I would say Tori because she came in, a lot more crazier than I thought in terms of like, you know, her composure in situations like that. That being said, like, like I alluded to before, a lot of this is the edit. So it's hard to tell within the first episode is Tori really like frazzled by all this, or are they kind of building her up as a character early on? Um, was she actually in big trouble tonight or was it between Zach and Roxroy? Like, do we don't exactly know what the situation was like, again, last season where it seemed like JD was in big trouble early. And then he kind of escapes a few more votes. Um, like we've seen with, like I used the example before, like we've seen where David Wright, where he looks like he's going to go home the first episode and then ends up going to finish in fourth place. Like this is the type of thing that I'm not sure of with Tori. So I don't want to necessarily use most disappointed um, with Tori early, but like, I didn't expect her to, I should say be on the chopping block this early. Um, so if I had to use one more um, disappointment, 
Um, I'm not really sure I could, I could go to another one because I don't think that anyone else really, uh, was like below expectations. I think that we need to see more of the Taku tribe and more of the Vati tribe for us to say that. Yeah, no, I think you gave some good answers um, in terms of like, you know, you said, you said uh, Daniel, you said Jenny, you said, uh, um, you said, you said, oh, okay. Well, just uh, repeat it while Dylan comes back. Um, And who impressed me? Like he said, uh, Jenny, Daniel, um, you know, you could say also, um, who else did Dylan say? Oh, hey, Dylan. <laughs> like you said, you, uh, also talking about um, like Drea. And then you said uh, Zach or Tori. I mean, to give, for me to give different answers than Dylan, what I would say is who impressed me more than I thought and then who disappointed me more than I expected. Mike impressed me more than I thought because, again, I know he said in the preseason, I'm emotional, but I'm also physical. Don't, under, don't underestimate me. But I think I didn't anticipate him to be – a mover and a shaker this early where he realized right away, if I'm the only person doing the savvy and sweat challenge, they're going to make bonds without me and I'll be putting myself into a hole right away. So I have to give him a lot of credit for picking up on that. So Mike impressed me with that. And then I, 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 I also did not mention Mike. He was very impressive as well. But yeah. And, and then I was saying when you, when you were gone, the other people that you mentioned, like I loved watching Jenny tonight, Daniel was great. So those people were good too. In terms of who just disappointed me. Um, you know, I hate to say Zach because he went home, you know, I guess technically first sex slash second. Um, and again, really quickly, just to give him a quick eulogy, I feel so bad for him because people who are super fans like us and Zach, you know, we, we, we want to do the show or we, you know, we think our whole lives, this is how we'll play. And to go home early really sucks, but he seems like he, he took it in stride. He's clearly a fan. He was happy for the experience. Uh, so, you know, I do give credit to him. So other than Zach, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in, in rocks. You know, I, I thought that rocks maybe would have come in a bit more steadfast, a bit more calm. And he's a fan of the show because he and his wife have been watching forever. I think he would have known better than to be bossy early on, but that's, that's what I'll say quickly. Yeah, I, I do think I agree there. Okay. Um, we, so I want to pass up a few of these questions um, to go all the way to here. So do we think Ika's going to have the Matt sinkers where they just keep losing um, and then maybe two players end up coming out of it and they are tight going forward. Um, I think it's, it, it is a potential Matt Sink situation, I think, um, or any tribe that's done very poorly um, simply because you just, you got to look at them and like Roxroy was supposed to be their strongest guy and he is our strongest competitor. I should say he's, he was supposed to be there. He was supposed to be their strongest um and he did not look great in that challenge. Drea, Drea, who's Drea, who after I, I could say after that episode, Drea is clearly the best out of their tribe and challenges. Oh yeah. Well, and, I, I said earlier, I said in the preseason, I think Drea was going to be the best member of this right, tribe for sure. Right, right. Well, like, so yeah, I mean, I would say I, 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 I phrased that badly because Drea, obviously we all expect her to be phenomenal in challenges right. and she is. Um, it's just like I expected more out of Roxroy. I expected like her and Roxroy to be like the one-two punch in challenges. Now let's keep in mind that during the reward challenge, um, Roxroy did a great job, but he really ran out of energy fast when he had to push that huge thing. So I I think that Roxroy needs to give them more in physical challenges if they're going to compete. Otherwise, they're in deep trouble. Yeah, I, again, you can call this the Matt Singh curse, or if you want to go old school, you could say technically the Oolong curse uh, from Palau. But yeah, I mean, listen, Ika could be, we always have one disaster tribe every season. This could be our disaster tribe. Now the question is, does Ika go with the the, the fan theory of like the intentional Matt Singh and intentionally start losing? I don't think they're going to do that. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Ika 
does lose more or if we see more of a balance between them and Taku. And to be fair, Dylan, last season when in the first challenge, Luvu won sending both – oh, my God, I'm going to forget already – sending both Uwa and Yase to Tribal Council and then Yase lost again when Boche went home – I thought Yase was going to be the, the, the disaster, and then it turned out to be Uwa. So there's a chance it's not Ika this season, and we could see maybe Bati losing. We'll have to see what happens. Um, but no, I don't know if I would say they're cursed just yet. It's like once it can happen, two or three times is more of like a pattern. Look, not every not every challenge is going to be moving a 700 pound box under under. You know, they they may have the most like physically physically weak people in terms of like brute strength but they may be significantly better at swimming than the vati tribe for example so maybe if they have a swimming challenge um that's like very heavily weighted on swimming or maybe they'll have one of those challenges where you have to land stuff on the perch and they'll be great at that it's like there's so many different aspects to challenges that we haven't seen them do yet so it, it would be again we're saying it after the first episode that they could be in trouble but let's not forget that they also won the first challenge so i mean it it does seem like they could be in trouble in terms of challenges, but let's just keep in mind that it was just one challenge, one immunity challenge, and there's a lot more to come. Yeah. And then the, I only had one more question that I wanted to mention, but we can go through it very quickly since we kind of covered a lot in this episode already. Ohio state. Oh, Ohio state wanted to ask us, um, you know, who were both of your preseason picks to win the season? And I actually forgot that we didn't do this. I meant to say to Dylan, you good Dylan? Yeah, we are good. Sorry. I say before we end off, the last question I wanted to address was Ohio State asking us, you know, who were both of your preseason picks to win the season? And I completely forgot that last season, not last season, last week when you and I talked about twists, I meant to ask you, we should give our official picks on who we think. Um, all I'll say really quickly before we wrap up tonight is um, the four people that I like the most heading into this season. Uh, and honestly, these were the consensus picks amongst like a lot of other people on Twitter like Omar, Mar Marianne, Chanel, and Hai, those were the those are my four favorites as well. So if I had to pick one before the season without taking into account tonight, I would have maybe chosen Omar as my winner pick. But if I had Chanel, Hai, or Marianne, I would have been fine as well. So did you have a preseason pick really quickly? Yeah, my three. So me and me and uh, a few other friends, uh, my brother and one of my friends, we always pick like three right before the first immunity challenge. The three I chose were... Um, the three I chose were Daniel, um, Tori, and High. Uh, out of all of them, I'm probably the highest on High, but I think huh? Dan Daniel, I think, will have trouble getting there strictly because of his story. The people see that as a threat. Tori, we have to see if she could kind of bounce back on her feet after what happened this episode. So yep. should be interesting to see. Sounds good. And we we have one more question here oh. from Green Bay Packers. Oh, it's stuck in there. Yes, yeah, stuck stuck it in there. Uh, beat the buzzer with it. Last uh, one, last question. Yeah, and again, apologize for whatever streamyard issues, uh, tech issues are going on tonight. But thank you for everyone who's watching, and thank you for bearing with us. Once again, just remember to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Um, if you're watching for the first time, thank you. We really appreciate it, and we do this every single Wednesday after the episode. Where occasionally we will also try to fit in a, a second podcast in. Uh, uh, over the weekend at some point, but we'll have to see uh, how our schedules shape out for that. But from Green Bay Packer fan here, we have, does any tribe look like Luvu where they'll make the merge with no tribals? So we were saying that we think Taku could be in that situation because Jonathan is just that much bigger and better than everybody, it seems like, in these physical challenges. And it's kind of like where Danny would just like carry them. And obviously they had a lot more strong players like Nasir and Deshaun and Erica was solid at challenges as well. Um, but like, 
like how do I describe Jonathan is just that big, that dominant, where I feel like he could he could carry them. Like Ryan did call this, uh hit the nail on the head with it. Uh and I let's also like give a shout out to Lindsay, who seems incredible at uh pretty much everything as well. Very fit. And let's also give a shout out to Omar and Marianne who did a phenomenal job with the puzzle. They kind of seem like a really re- well-rounded group for uh, for challenges. Yeah. I mean, again, as of right now, if we had to pick one and if if, uh, if Vegas gave us like minus 500, um, like, yeah, I would say Taku, the Orange Tribe is the surefire bets. But let's keep in mind, you're not going to have every challenge be Jonathan being able to pull a boat with one arm. So every challenge will be different. Like I, I could think back to a challenge they had in Triple H where they had to like all hold like a rope, Dylan, and they had to like balance like letters on their central platform. And if anybody tugs too hard, it falls like, like a whole balance endurance challenge. So there could be any challenge where any tribe loses on any given day. But if I had a bet, it might be the orange tribe. Yep, I agree. Okay. All right. So That'll be a a wrap up on our opening night podcast for the Survivor Season 42 premiere. Again, thank you everybody for sticking with us through the tech issues. Hopefully we'll get that fixed for next week. Just wanted to remind everyone to be sure to like this video. You could subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Also be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Soul Survivor Pod on Twitter and Instagram. It's scrolling along the bottom below. In addition, um, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, whatever other um, platforms you may listen to us on. Once again, thank you for listening. Um, be sure to tweet us any questions you have. Uh, be sure to tell your friends about this podcast. We love all the new viewers we're getting. So once again, if you're watching for the first time or if you've been watching for a while, dating back to last season, dating back to Winners at War, thank you. We really, really appreciate it. And yeah, that's all we got for tonight. Yep. Uh, thank you everyone for being here. Um, I'm excited that 42 is off to the races. Seems like it'll be a fun group and a fun season. So I can't wait to see more. And now as we always end, um, I kind of feel like Zach right now or Jeff lets me say the magic words as I get to the <laughs> end, but um, nothing else for you. So grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.